Hi, this is Davy Jones, 1996 Le Mans winner. You're listening to Through the Apex. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Through the Apex. Glad that you guys have tuned in with us today. But before we get started, I just want to let you know to make sure to rate and subscribe us on our podcast outlets. It's very important because we want to make sure that we get great individual and genuine feedback from you guys. It really means a lot to us, and we'd really appreciate it if you took a bit of time to do that for us today. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and many other outlets. So be sure to rate and subscribe again and enjoy the show. You're listening to the premier automotive and lifestyle podcast with Mark Anthony Murray and Sean Rosa. This is Through the Apex. You ask for people to send you feedback, mm-hmm. and they go in on you, man. Mm-hmm. We got some hate mail this week. Hate mail. Welcome to Through the Apex. I'm Sean Rosso, joined here by, of course, Mr. Mark Anthony Murray, Mr. Machine Gain himself. What is up? Optimus. I thought you were going with the Jason Voorhees uh, <laughs> theme this week, since you've been watching a lot of... Uh, I just figured out to recycle last week, because I'm lame. I was like, I'm bad. I'm bad off the top. I'm just going to be Optimus <laughs> Prime every single week. <laughs> oh, man. What a week it's been. What a week it's been. We did get some... I, I shouldn't call it hate mail. Yeah. It's uh, more so... It's proper constructive, feedback. Constructive criticism of a constructive nature. And if I can criticize myself, I'm I'm truly just very sensitive. Same here. Same here. Very, very soft, uh, cold side of the pillow. I need. I have like five <laughs> pillows. I swap them every two hours, or otherwise I can't make it through the night. I'm a turtle without a shell. Like, oh yeah, I get. I, I maybe that's something for me to work on. Like, I don't know how I'm going to withstand us getting bigger. <laughs> Because I know it's coming. We're gonna. We're already getting bigger. People are so mean, yo. Are mean. They're just crude AF. That's we're gonna get like racist <laughs> tweets on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> I thought those were two two uh, Caucasian folks behind the microphones. There. Nope. It's like that. Clearly, you guys haven't listened to uh, <laughs> episodes uh, zero through <laughs> zero through five. Uh, I, I'm wait. I'm excited to hear. Um, the uh the typecast and the stereotypes because uh, I have a, i'm a brown man with a beard what they're gonna call me but uh we did get some really great feedback from one of our listeners this week as i said i i am a little sensitive to it it wasn't bad it was actually really good constructive criticism mm-hmm. uh it, it was fun um it's a nice perspective because a lot of the times you get folks who might be thinking more with their thinking more with their hearts and not necessarily with an objective frame of mind. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, all right, well, this is what I think. And I thought this was great, but this, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, you can't really propose a problem without a solution. Otherwise you're just like everybody else. Yes, in the world, absolutely. You know I mean? so. And that's the thing. What, what, and again, what we want our listeners to do is if you're going to have feedback, have feedback, have a reason for that feedback, but also be ready to engage in conversation. That was, what's great about this listener we had a nice proper back and forth email conversation with each other and uh for sure. he aired out some of his grievances and i was like well <laughs> sorry <laughs> and i was worse. like well no that's not exactly that what like what you heard like for instance like he was uh he didn't like the fact that our f- top five sedans 
um, or fun top four door manuals or whatever it was. Some more hatchbacks. We were more hatchbacks, but mm-hmm. I, and then it, I think we may have misspoke if we said that it was definitely going to be sedans. But I don't remember us saying. Yeah. Uh, either either way, I guess there's. I feel like there's not enough of a selection to only encompass sedans anyway. Not so anymore. We, not we, in this day. We would have had to branch out into those. You know, right. the other areas. So and um, he did not like us dogging the California, the Ferrari California. Um, which I felt like we kind of uh, cleaned that up last week with the Portofino, right? Yeah, yeah. And I did want to say, too, I made a joke about that uh, with you and also uh, with Maggie about it. And it was like, you know, the comparison to the to the to the beetle and and i and i really loved his feedback oh yeah let uh, them he, know what did he say about the beetles oh he was like calling a you know saying a ferrari isn't a ferrari if it's a california is like talking about i guess the uh the least your least favorite beetle or something like that and right. i made a joke like bro ringo star is the he is the california <laughs> he, he is the like, california he is the california <laughs> i will argue about that man like george <laughs> paul john you know ringo is the california and it's not a twin bad turbo thing. v6 i mean like again we talked about it the california the portofino while not our favorite ferraris are still solid buys when you mm. take out some of the I guess the subjectivity, the stigma, you know, the stigma makes it pretty bad. Yeah. I do love the Portofino, though. I am looking forward to that, though. Yes, so that is yes. good. Well, <laughs> again, we want to hear from you. We want to continue this conversation always. And that's why we opened up with that. Uh, so you can always hit us up on Instagram at tw- and Twitter at through the underscore apex, as well as ask apex pod at gmail.com. Hit us up. Get in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so with that said, you are listening to through the apex uh, we have a great episode lined up for you today. We are going to be covering uh, a little bit of everything. We have some great news for you. We have an interview with Davy Jones, 1996 Le Mans winner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the last of our uh, auto show content, yes. basically. And we're going to be teasing some other stuff in the bridge segment, so don't fast forward through that. And let them know our little special topic that we're getting into today. So we've actually got a uh, story uh, that Sean and I have recently basically marathoned pretty much uh the grand prix uh formula one short documentary series i think it's called grand grand prix driver grand prix driver it's i mean honestly it's an awful name i thought the name was pretty bad yeah Yeah. (laughs) it wasn't the most clever (laughs) (laughs) but uh it allows us to delve into the topic of formula one which Uh, is right around the corner i'm excited exactly testing is currently going on now actually and lewis has put everybody to shame of course Take that, haters. <laughs> We're going to get hate for that, of Daniel, course. Daniel Ricardo. he... Anyway, so... <laughs> we'll talk about but, that later. Yeah, four series, four episode short docuseries on very exclusive and uh, interior views of McLaren's Formula One team and walking uh, in the United Kingdom. And uh, it really had a strong effect on me, and it really showcased a lot of the struggles and how Formula One really is not just... It's not racing anymore. It's not just heritage it's everything involved it's marketing it is development it is r&d it's fitness you know it's fitness if we learn that too i got i got tired watching some of that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i'm I'm excited to talk about that yes it's gonna be a new uh a new thing that we're trying to implement into the show called the watch list where Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great programming going on right now for uh, automotive enthusiasts you got to look for it though sometimes it's not because it's i guess because it's not something that folks are lining up to see you just kind of have to thankfully since we do watch it like on our streaming services and stuff like that they do present it and they offer it to us like since you watched you know grand tour here's this you watch 24 hours of le mans here's this right you know 
Um, so yeah, that's going to be a new subject going forward. Watch list. We'll, we'll do that, uh, segment every once in a while. Uh, we hope to, uh, preview and review, uh, different, uh, things that we're, we're currently watching without any spoilers, of course. Sure. Uh, the reviews will come, um, quite some time after they've aired so right. hopefully you'll get plus we it. also need time to watch them. yes especially <laughs> i don't have, like as, much grand to, tour I don't stuff, have right? as much time as i used to was, <laughs> i like w- marathon the grand tour in literally like three days yes just because i didn't have time to watch it so um wow we really kind of just jumped into jumped into it today how was your week man for, let me know how you're doing what's uh, going on i'm doing pretty good i'm really glad for this week to be over uh we had some crazy wins oh man uh past couple of days up in massachusetts i heard that they got up to like category five level 150 miles an hour up there Whoa. uh i'd heard also maggie i believe mentioned that there's some seven eight hundred thousand people without power right now oh my like up and down the east coast because yeah. it, it literally just it just destroyed the entire northeast part of the united states happy birthday to maggie by the way oh yeah happy birthday to uh my girlfriend she's 28 <laughs> now and um yeah, it was actually it was actually pretty crazy Thursday. I had to um I was stay late at the barbershop. Then I had to go to the store and I had to pick out like two different sets. I got some orchids and some flowers and nice. a card and stuff and very friendly lady at the uh at the basically at the flower station. She yeah. wrapped everything up with ribbon and you know, we talked for a bit and stuff like that. She was very surprised. So, it was just it was really good. I was glad I was able to be able to get that done. Um but other than that, there's also one thing I did want to mention is our Lift Africa. Uh, my buddy Peter Ando Kesson's uh, company that he started. We're having our first run club that I've organized. Nice. Uh, this coming Saturday at the Bethesda Trolley Trail. We're meeting at 845 for some light stretching. It's going to be a mile and a half run uh, or walk or jog. I mean, all experience levels are welcome, uh, but you're more than welcome to come out. I'll go ahead and post on my uh, social media page, the event nation link. So you can actually get a ticket and register tickets are free. Uh, but just come on out and get a good sweat in. You know what I mean? That'll be my cardio before my weight session. Yes. I'm still going to the gym after that. Uh, see me in the weight room. Saturday, March 10th, right? Uh, yeah. Saturday, March 10th, 845, uh, the Bethesda trolley trail. Uh, yeah, there's a specific parking location that I don't uh, actually recall right now, but don't worry because that info will be in my. It'll be link. all there. Fantastic! Make sure you guys go ahead and do that. Support Lift Africa. They're they're great supporters of the podcast. Mark Anthony works with them. Oh yeah, uh, in a sure. fitness um, capacity, and it is a really cool organization. Really love oh, what yeah. they're doing. So shout out to Peter Lift Africa. One love, all that good stuff. Um, I have been doing the opposite of lifting and uh <laughs> running well I've, I've still been doing pretty good but yeah uh, i've been focused on this video game on my phone oh for real it's uh it's it's this little 8-bit video go- game called gp story grand prix story oh no and it is the best little thing though so it's like I, and i'm really excited to tell you guys this because it's engulfed my life in the last like <laughs> few weeks my fiance eileen is just like what the hell are you doing um <laughs> But it's this game where you start off uh, as a small independent racing team uh-huh. and you have to like hire mechanics, you level them up, wow. you have to hire drivers and you participate in these races and you grow, you win money, you earn, you win research points. With the research points, you can do research and development to develop like... This is an app? It's a, it's a game on your iOS or Android. It's called GP Story. 
Uh, there's there's a second there's a sequel to it, but it's honestly a lot more complicated. Mm. So I I uh, like it's it's more into, it has more microtransactions. Mm. Like, so how'd you how'd you hear about it? Uh, I so I'm a big gamer, and I'm always looking for something to you know do some mind numbing stuff on my phone every once in a while that doesn't require <laughs> any like you know heavy thought because right. we're really busy. Sure. Um, but I, I used to play this one game called, I think it was like Game Dev Story, mm-hmm. which was the same thing, but you're a video game developer. Oh, and it's all wow. about like trying to, again, just same way in Grand Prix Story, you're trying to develop the best racing team in that game. You're trying to develop multiple games to, there's like a max achievement that you can achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this game is great, man. I'm like, I got like an F1 car and like, <laughs> I actually just signed Lou Hampton, which is clearly like, Lou, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I think I, this is my second go, th- go around on the game. Cause there is a, there's a spot you'll hit where you kind of hit oh, the wall. Okay. I actually just beat it, but I, I kind of I want to keep playing. There's different ways to get to where you, to get to the end. I yeah, guess. Yeah. There's the so many different ways. It's a lot shorter. And if you sink as much time as I have, you'll be finished fairly <laughs> quickly. <laughs> but I, I, I was, uh, I had Fernando, Fernando Alonso at one point on my team and oh, wow. it's ridiculous, but just go check it out. It's a fun game. Wow. Uh, I, <laughs> it's ridiculous between that. And I finally got back on Forza horizon three, which has been fun. Yeah. So kind of get my car fixed. That's uh, good though. With this crappy weather. Keep, keep you know? the, uh, yeah. Hopefully it gets better <laughs> soon actually though. So oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. I mean, I was going to, last thing I was going to mention is I've, uh, George, my buddy, George, again, I was at his house recently and he had like a lo-fi hip hop station playing in the background nice. like, while we were in the basement. It was like smoking hookah and stuff like that. <laughs> and, uh, he was, it was there and he's got like this dope sound system and it was just, I was just engulfed by the lo-fi and the vinyl and like the dirty drums and everything. And I've literally just been playing that in my house, like That's the dope. same channel, like on my speakers and it doesn't sound anything like his, but I'm just like, it just creates such a nice environment. Like, I'm just relaxed. Like, it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? I'm about to play that on the way to the gym. That's actually. pretty cool. I got to check that out, man. Yeah, man. I'll send you the link. Yes, please do. Please do. <laughs> but I know what you all are here for. You're here for some car news. And we have tons of great stuff for you. Oh, yeah. um, firstly, Toyota is building its own Nürburgring. Mm. Uh, they're investing $2.8 billion to create gear, what they're calling Gearhead Playground. Um, that name sucks, too. It is awful. It's bad. It is awful. Um, Call it like, you know, like something of with heritage. Like yeah. your Toyota, your Japanese. Make it something Japanese, like the Tsukuba circuit or something there like that. There you go. You know what I mean? That's also Whatever. a circuit in the uh, GP story. Um, just heads up. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they're calling it the Gearhead play Gearhead Playground. See, I can't even say because it's that awful. It's that bad. Um, and it's uh, basically 11-track testing complex. But what I found interesting is they're actually going to go ahead and model a true... I, well, I, I shouldn't say true because it's not to scale, but they are modeling the green hell. They're, they're doing their own version of the Nürburgring. It's going to be 3.29 miles long. It's pretty long, yeah. 250 feet of elevation change. Mm. All 11 tracks will span over 1,600 acres, mm. and the project will staff up to 3,300 um, employees. I'm applying. <laughs> hey, let's do it, man. <laughs> I've never done any construction in my life. But, right. uh, it's just I'll start now, I guess, right? Yeah. And uh, the first... This is the first track that is uh, being developed by Toyota in 35 years, which is wow. that was interesting in a fact that I found. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. That's a well, they have not really been, I guess, as prominent in 
development. And I guess that kind of segues into what I was going to say about it, because I basically I read that it was going to be centered around the development of electric vehicles. Yeah. And I, you know, returning after 35 years, you'd think, oh, this is a triumphant return to maybe road car, road going motorsport uh, divisions or something like that. You know, they have the BMW Super combination. But I read that and I also haven't really recalled much uh, performance oriented uh, vehicles or engineering in the pipeline for them. So I thought this was kind of a weird move it was a letdown i mean they've been out of formula one for a while mm-hmm. um i was when i again i i was completely with you when i saw this i was like oh great like we're probably getting i don't know maybe they're developing like a new mr2 mm-hmm. or you know something mr2, else, uh, MR2 uh, we already have the celica FRS. like a high-powered celica high-powered celica we're, we're getting the supra i i don't know um but it's not that and that's fine that's there's nothing wrong with that i'm excited to see what they're gonna do with the EV stuff. And here's the thing about the EV and hybrid stuff. Just because the, this whole complex is going to be based on that doesn't mean we're not getting any EV or hybrid sports cars, which is yeah. the way of the world. Maybe right now. that's what's happening, though, because I feel like that is why a lot of folks are starting to try to perfect that technology so they can continue to exploit it. Yes. Because uh, I feel like if you figure out how something works, then you can figure out at what point will it stop working well um just like with hybrid technology you can use an electric motor to make something more efficient or you can use it to make something more powerful um it just all depends on whatever it is you're trying to work with at the time so i do think that just like with the uh a spark owl that we mentioned last week right. it's just a that's also japanese built uh pure electric supercar probably the fastest accelerating car on record yeah for road going reasons and there is no reverse gear. <laughs> Does it come with six Japanese men? <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Right. Um, yeah, I think what, you know, yes, the 11 <laughs> tracks are going to be primarily made for EV testing, but the Nürburgring in its own right is a special place. So if mm-hmm. they're modeling one of 11 tracks after the Nürburgring, um, you know that they're planning something. Mm-hmm. Pretty it stellar, has to be right, yeah. or even a return to Formula One. That would be great. Like I'd that. love that. Yeah, I I think when I look and we'll get into this when we uh, actually you know what I will save this. No, I'll get into a little bit. Why not? Um, when I look at the landscape of Formula One, and again, I've only recently started watching. I'm really excited for this season, but when I look at the landscape of how things are kind of constructed, um, I would love to see more constructors in the realm. Uh, like and like i'd like to see uh toyota i'd like to see some more individual like for one thing i've always was surprised by that and i guess we'll talk about this later as well but like mclaren doesn't make their own engine for their own car mm-hmm. um there's a lot of really cool partnerships but i'd like to see more people like i don't know i'd like to see nissan like in there mercedes getting, well, I, well yeah as far as i was just gonna say as far as making their own engines yeah mm-hmm. um and then the one thing i found is like interesting is that multiple Car, uh, constructors are of like multiple brands so like there are technically i think two ferrari cars on there mm-hmm. that are not just from ferrari but from another uh team as well and mm-hmm. same thing for mercedes mercedes technically has another there's another team on there red bull is uh technically they run off of mercedes right mm-hmm. so uh, i mean it's not that's not the main mercedes it's still the red bull team mm-hmm. but it's lewis it's, is the main mercedes right mercedes patronus so it's really interesting mm-hmm. sounds like a freaking uh 
magic trick, right? <laughs> it is. I was going to say Patronus is a... I won't get into it. But it's how, they, how you expel the Dementors and Harry Potter. There you go. Yeah. Um, but if you're not familiar with the Nürburgring and why it's so special and why it means so much that Toyota's doing all this... Then stop listening. <laughs> Seriously, bro. Like, Just turn it off now. Go away. Oh, gosh. Uh, just do a good, quick Google search and then come back to the episode. Right. But just some quick facts. Historically, the Nürburgring obviously is a proving ground for a lot of auto manufacturers. Um, it's regarded as the Disneyland of motorsport. One of my favorite nicknames is that they call it the Green Hell. The Green Hell. Um, and the reason they call it the Green Hell is because it is 16 miles long, has a thousand feet elevation change between its lowest and highest point, 160 turns, and the top five production street legal lap times as of right now, actually, I'm going to let you do this because this is one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. So go, you know what? Start from five. Start, Start from, from your five. fifth favorite. Okay. And so, then go down. So the fifth is the one of my favorite cars that I've also referenced, the Dodge Viper ACR. And I wrote, woo, Merca. <laughs> uh, seven minute, one seconds, which is a blistering time. Quick. So for me, the fact that there's four cars faster than this right. car, because the Dodge Viper ACR is basically a track monster. It still holds many records. Um, but number four is a car that a lot of people might not suspect because it's usually mostly used for posing, <laughs> not really for performance, but the Lamborghini Aventador LP754 Super Veloce at 659, which obviously isn't far off. Uh, Porsche 918 Spider at number three. Thanks. This is where it starts to kind of. Right. Is it 657? So these cars, there's not really too much of a gap between them. Uh, about three or four seconds, which is technically, I guess it's about an hour difference in car time. Yeah. But it starts to, people start to run away with it in second place. So five seconds sooner than the 918 is the Performante Lamborghini Huracan. Uh, and five seconds basically, makes up the entire difference between the slowest three of the five cars. But (laughs) five seconds quicker than that, and uh, about 200, almost maybe 300 horsepower less than the 918, is the GT2 RS at 6 minutes, 47 seconds. I don't think anybody's in. I think the only car that might beat that is the Pista, is the Ferrari, the 488. Either the Pista or I think Porsche is just going to come back and do it again. Because, like, I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah, maybe yeah. Lamborghini. Because if you look at, I mean, four of the top five are either Lamborghini or Porsche. Right. They are. They're just going to go back and forth. I don't think Ferrari cares much about it, to be honest. But, you know, Ferrari's an interesting breed of cat. The Senna might actually take that away. That I am looking forward to. Yeah. I would love to see that. <laughs> but um, I, I say Ferrari's an interesting cat because, um, you know, in the last few years of me kind of getting back into everything specifically motorsport um they're kind of whiny no they are they're, they're very um, they're they're whiny and they are very picky yeah and they are they have selective they have selective vision hearing and choice <laughs> i don't blame them i mean they're one of the highest profile companies on earth but i mean they're the yankees they should, of motorsport in a way right yeah you but you're say right formula one yeah i do agree with you though they've started to well last year they they threatened to pull out a formula one I can't remember exactly why, but they had threatened. Uh, I think there was some rule or something. <laughs> We're the winningest like. team of all time. It doesn't matter. No right? I mean, we'll just come back later. And uh, one thing that we don't have listed in the news, but it's a sidebar news column, is that uh, apparently some Ferrari dealerships have been allowing um, folks to dial back the odometers on the cars, 
which is a huge no-no. What the hell? And an even bigger no-no in a supercar. Because you want you definitely want to know what the hell you're getting. What is the point of that? So to maintain value by misleading them? Yep. So what are they they just brokered a deal with this? All right, I'm not gonna talk about that. <laughs> so again, uh they're whiny and uh so a little sketchy, and that's hard for me to say. I'm a big Ferrari. That's fan. really bad. Not a good look, man. Not a good look at all. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, maybe Ferrari. Ferrari will probably get a top spot on the on those. It'll probably the Viper is going to get knocked off after the Senna's built, after the four eight eight is built, the Pista. That's so, a good some point. of these cars. I mean, it's if they they have a top ten, the Viper will be there for a while because it's very hard. It's very hard to crack seven minutes in a single digit second. Yeah. Um let alone within the 640s. I mean, it's just on a road car is is just ridiculous. Maybe the Corvette will do it with its engineers. I forgot the ZR1 is probably going to be up there too with all of that stuff. But an electric vehicle might make it. You never know. And it'll be better if an electric vehicle makes it with a sound. Yes. Um, So the U.S. Department of Transportation is finally implementing something to, because, because <laughs> I laugh because it's funny, man. People are dumb. Like, the only reason they're doing it is because, basically, the U.S. dot, okay, they're saying that in order to promote higher awareness and to minimize the accidents and potential problems that we'll have on the roadway, electric cars now have to make a sound when they're going below, what is it, 18.6 <laughs> miles an hour. Uh, and the goal is to prevent injuries among pedestrians, cyclists, and the blind. Uh, but you've got they've got until 2020 to comply. Uh, but people are going to start doing it now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'd make it say like swear words or something like that. <laughs> like like Maggie was like, uh, make them. <laughs> she's like, I got a submission for the uh, the noise it should make. They were like, uh, it should be like a meme. Like the he needs some milk. <laughs> Somebody just make it do that. Like zero to sixty. Just some. And just like make it draw out, like if you go through an <laughs> intersection or something, make everybody go deaf. U.S. dots, like no, we got to rewrite the law again. We, <laughs> I like that. We got- <laughs> I would totally go with that. I think one thing is, I just, so one thing that I said, and I think we talked about this personally, was that a lot of cars are coming with sound actors now. My GTI has one. I believe the M5 had one at one point too mm-hmm. when they downgraded from I think a V10 to a V8 or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, into the cabin. They're Even basically, my car. My car has that too. It has one too. A lot of them do. It's kind of standard. I don't, I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind it. So what a sound actor is if you're not familiar, uh, it basically they pump fake engine noises into the cabin of your car. Um, mm. This is something my mom thinks I'm lying about when she's <laughs> driving with me. She's always like, why are you going so fast? I'm like, I'm not going fast. It sounds that way because it's there's literally a speaker that's pumping noise into the car. She's like, "You're lying. That's not a thing." I'm like, "Look, I think dude. that's funny, dude." She drives does, me nuts because it's like it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would they need to do that? right? You know and I mean? she's right, right? But it's like, no, that's a thing. It is a thing. right. right. Um, so I get in trouble when I'm going forty just because it sounds so much louder. Because you're cabin. in friggin' three thousand RPM, right? <laughs> John, slow down, mom. Going twenty. They're going twenty. Um, you're going three thousand miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so my thing is. We can do that on the inside of the car. And I know it's kind of cheating if you do it on the outside of the car. But one of the biggest issues with EVs, again, this is something we covered a lot, is that the EVs aren't making enough noise. They're not making any noise. Even mm-hmm. at high speeds, it's... I mean, do your impersonation of it. Whee! That's it. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I, I, think, I think that they should stick to that sound. Really? Because that is... 
Okay, so for example, you have the M5, for example, where they pump the fake noise into the cabin to amplify it and for whatever experience or what have you. Obviously, they're going to have to put an external speaker on an electric car for it to make noise on the outside. Like a Bose. So, right, or a, you know whatever Elon decides to use. Um, but I think they should just amplify the sound of the battery because that's the natural noise the car makes. I don't really, cool. I don't really think there's a point to give it the sound of an engine because it doesn't have one. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so, and they make a really cool sound like the Rimac, you know, when it was driven and when Richard performed launch control on it before he <laughs> launched himself off of the cliff. Um, it made a really nice sound. Yeah. It's like the winding up of electrons and circuits yeah. and stuff like they they make a sound. Electronics make a sound. Just amplify that. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I mean I, I want it I want it to be more amplified. I just want something more aggressive. Like the Rhyme Rack is great, but it's I mean when they I think what Jeremy was driving a Lamborghini and I can't remember what uh uh James and NS, NSX. NSX, right? Yeah. So when they were all getting off the line, everyone sounded amazing and beautiful and maybe this is just maybe this is the old bastard in me that just doesn't want to change you know what i mean i'll admit that i'll admit that right um i'm 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 for the evs i I, if you're gonna do something with this sound stuff let's do something smart with it i I like i like your idea of amplifying the the electrics Mm -hmm. at least for now i mean if if we don't ever have gasoline motors ever again then i feel like maybe then you can kind of make a fake v tense. i don't know yeah. you know what i mean but for right now if you can buy a real motor then just leave the electric cars alone right you know what i mean i don't know i'm with it i'm with it um so per our uh, feedback this past week uh from one of our listeners is having it's funny i think we've finally made it because i remember on top gear uh the the trio were complaining about how uh people were writing in to them about wanting to, them to cover more consumer-based cars. Oh, yeah. Like, why don't you ever cover <laughs> Why don't you ever cover fast voxels on Top Gear? <laughs> right. Simple reason. They're terrible rubbish. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like- <laughs> <laughs> so I think we finally made it because one of our listeners wrote in and was like, hey, the supercar stuff is great, but I want you to cover some stuff that we can cover. This is good, though. This is good. Motor Trend put together a fantastic... Uh, comparison between the Buick Regal GS, GS stands for Grand Sport, mm-hmm. uh, and the Kia Stinger GT Grand Tour. Um, some great specs here. What did you think about what uh, well, we broke these things down? Um, what yeah. do you think? I thought they were both sort of evenly matched on some fronts, but not really evenly matched on others. Uh, the starting price, you do pay a premium for a Buick. It's just, I guess it's part of that fit and finish and stuff like that. But uh, they're in the same category, I guess, as Lincoln, and you are going to pay a bit more for that. Um, they both started around forty grand, which isn't cheap, to be honest. For a Buick, it's like, okay. But for the Kia, it's like, eh. But then you look at what they offer. Uh, they're not very evenly matched with regard to power or torque, though, because the Kia will blow the doors off of this thing. Yes. So it's also a very, be- it's a much better value for the power you get in addition to the warranty. I mean, you're never going to be able to beat a Kia warranty. I don't care what you have. Right. Unless you have a Kia, too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Hyundai. Hyundai might come. Oh, first. Hyundai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyundai. They, they have yet to make a... I guess a really nice performance car. I think that might be coming other than the, like the Genesis. And what yeah. The, the Genesis is pretty sweet. That was very, very good. That was very, a very powerful car. Hopefully they, you know, bring something. I like think they're debuting back. a newer one this, uh, weekend 
Oh, really? Of the at the Oscars, I believe. At the Oscars? Yeah. Oh, wow. I think that's this weekend. That's pretty interesting. If not, it's not the Veloster, then. <laughs> the Veloster. Kill it with fire. And incense for never would I have this piece of crap. Never. Negatory, negative. Nil. Nine. Ten. I'm really digging this uh, this comparison, though, just because it really... Motor Trend did a great job of breaking everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, it's evenly matched up to a point. Um, so they're both offered at 39, like you said. Maxed out if you pick every little check mark on the website, if you build Which your own. Which you will. <laughs> You know me too well. <laughs> I mean, I will too, you know. I, I'll do the same thing. You know me too well. Um, the Buick uh, Regal is coming in at 45K max versus the Kia at 52K max. 45? That's it? That's pretty low for a Buick. And it's funny because you just mentioned when you started this, you said the Buick and the Lincoln start in, are in the same category. Yes. I don't think so. Well, yeah. But I'm just surprised because I never tried to build one. So I, n- I never knew that that's the max that it would go. But that's really low because that must mean it must come very well equipped, hopefully. And you shouldn't ever try to build one. It's not worth your time. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, I did go to the website to kind of like brush up on some of the stuff. And I got to tell you, it was very underwhelming. Um, the, trans- <laughs> the, the website's all, it's just gray and navy blue or something. <laughs> it looks like a website from 1999. Um, matches how dated their cars look. Oh, okay. Um, the transmission. Uh, in the Buick, uh, both are at autos, obviously, nine speed auto in the Buick, eight speed in the Kia Stinger. Mm-hmm. Um, bigger engine in the Buick, 3.6 V6, while the uh, Kia has a 3.3, but it has a twin turbo. Uh, yeah, which is great. That is cool, though, that Buick did stick to it being NA. Yeah, um, that is pretty cool. That's, that's a good way of looking interesting, at it. Yeah, but it is naturally aspirated, but. It's at 310 horses versus 365. Mm-hmm. And uh, the torque is a big difference as well because Kia is coming at 376 pound feet. Well, Buick is coming 100, at 82. Almost 100 difference. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. You know what I mean? Uh, and that makes a big difference. For sure. You know? For sure. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's good that Buick is, honestly, I like the old Regal GS. Um, it came with big Brembo brakes on it. Yeah. Um, very wide tires. It was a very good looking car. I never looked into it too much, uh, but when I, and they were pretty rare on the road, mm-hmm. but when I did see them, I really enjoyed them because I was like, what kind of Buick has those massive brakes on it? Like, yeah. it must be pretty quick. One was in my JC's neighborhood. When I drove through it, it would nice. park on the side. It, it was always there, so maybe some elderly folks owned it and didn't drive <laughs> it that often. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I think that it's a good offering. I would still take the Kia because I value more. I think that if I'm going to pay the same money, I'd just rather have more performance with it. And I really like the overall refinement of the vehicle. This category of car, um, I think they call it a, it's not a fastback. What's it called again? A uh, sportback, was it? Not a sportback. Sport, I actually had written it down somewhere, but anyway. <laughs> something back. Yeah, something back. Uh, <laughs> but it's basically interesting because the audi a7 you know what i mean the s5 i mean the a5 depending on which trim you get Mm -hmm. a lot of these cars they offer that category for the folks that don't want to cross over but they want more utility than a sedan will offer right so they you know you get this really sloping shape with a long roof line and more people are starting to offer that now because it's even transitioned to the suvs which are now savs yeah the x4 the x6 the gle 
uh, a lot of these cars that just look like eggs on wheels, but you want a car, but you want it higher off the ground, but you want an SUV, but you don't want a big trunk, but you want a you know what I mean? So the, you're spoiled for choice, but uh, out of the two of them, I still think the Kia is the better choice. Regardless, like if you're impartial and you don't know what each of these manufacturers are and you're only looking by the spec sheet, the Kia is still the better buy. In I my think so. Opinion, I know? think what was I, – I, I definitely – fancy the kia a lot more mm-hmm. i gave it an a plus versus the uh buicks b minus um and the reason why i gave the buick a b minus was because when i looked at the uh, i mean uh, uh, <laughs> i promise i'm not being biased bro um i mean when you look at the specs on paper it's yeah. pretty clear cut right when you look at the cars side by side it's pretty clear cut one thing that i will give buick over the kia is its history They've mm-hmm. done this before. This is not a car that's brand new like the Kia G, um, Stinger GT. This is something right. brand new for Kia. They've never done this before. Right. So It's pretty cool. It is really cool. And I would love to see where they go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we were looking, as, as I am excited to see where Kia goes with this, I'm also disappointed to see where Buick has gone with this. Mm-hmm. Um, the Regal was a very awesome car. I thought, yeah, for um, sure. And now as we look at it, it's just it's underwhelming it's underwhelming it's the badge mm -hmm. and the badge means nothing either at this point yeah i I just don't like i really don't like the styling that much no because the old regal it looked muscular like it looked rounded like i said the wheels it had a nice presence yeah and i thought that it looked pretty good i honestly when i when i googled it and i saw the old one i was like this is the successor to this car right i thought it was a different vehicle so i was just kind of like man like i'm not really too sure (laughs) but I mean, at the end of the day, it does come down to preference, and it comes down to what you like, because a Buick person is just always going to buy a Buick, and I feel like any category you want, any category you want to mention, two-seaters, I mean, roadsters, coupes, sports sedans, SUVs, every organization literally offers something for that demographic. It just comes down to, it's very rare that you will have somebody completely unbiased that doesn't know anything and will literally just pick something because it's better on paper, which goes back to our uh, Quadrifolio and M3 discussion. You know what I mean? It comes down to what you want from the heart because on paper, if everybody picked what was better, then everybody would, and of course, this is no offense because it's an amazing car, but Everybody, nobody would buy minis. Nobody would buy focuses. Every single person on the road would have a Volkswagen Golf GTI. They just would. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because on paper, that is the best car that you can get in the category. There is nothing better than that car. You know what I mean? I feel honored. It's true. I mean, car and driver will tell you the same thing. It's just. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's. Um. I, I I love exactly what you said. I think my biggest thing is like, who the hell would. And I'm not knocking people that would go buy the Buick. Like I just oh the Ferrari California owners <laughs> <laughs> before they make that extra coin, right? Um, but you know one thing that this all prompted me to. Is to we find have to, every episode. You have to say that though. Like you got to, and you just work it in there just like that. Like just off the off <laughs> like the, the, Cal- the California yeah. owners. Um, you guys are a special breed of people. Um, <laughs> but one thing this all all this research kind of like prompted me on was that you know. Our listener said that oh, you're not covering enough American cars. That's something else that he said. Oh, yeah. oh. Um, and I went ahead and I and I did go ahead and I looked at all of the offerings. And I got to be honest with you. And, and this is all subjective. This is all in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I think you might agree with me on this. There are very few American cars, especially at the very low consumer level, that are mm-hmm. worth covering. 
Uh, it's staggering to see um, <clears throat> just how, I don't want to say how far car uh, manufacturers in America it's have gone. a slight gone. level of monotony with yeah. regard to the offerings. Because yeah. I think that it's kind of like you find a blueprint that works, you stick to it. Uh, for example, small four-door hatchback, like a Chevy Volt size car or like a, you know, whatever that category is. Two liter, uh, below a two liter four cylinder turbo for efficiency. Yeah. That's it. That's Interior, it. front wheel drive. That's it. That's it. All you do is just go to a dealership and you look at it and you say, that's that category. Mm-hmm. And they're just all the same. They're all evenly priced. Yeah. I mean, it's, but I, and I also, to that point, I wrote down that the reason why a lot of these lineups are like this is because it's the same reason why Lamborghini made the Urus, which is another thing I'm going to find a way to plug. Because <laughs> they want units to move. They need yeah. things to sell. So it's like you know that this is what's going to sell and this is what people have bought in the past because this is what either they feel safe in or what they are used to and accustomed to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Which is a good and a bad thing. I mean, I don't know. The enthusiast is is essentially ty- technically a dying breed of being catered toward. Oh, it's just, we're just they're not making their money off of us because uh, the truth of the matter is we're all on YouTube leaving comments of hate. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The the the, ma- the bigger part of the enthusiast group are a lot of people that uh that, again they can't afford it. So, uh, but they mm-hmm. somehow and they enthuse about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But this is uh, a great way, a great time to stop this conversation mm-hmm. and also get you guys in on the conversation. Because next week, what we want to do is we want to cover uh, the best lineup right. in uh, the automotive industry right now. What manuf- manufacturers have the best lineups? Mm-hmm. Um, so email us your list. But basically, what I'm looking at is this: it's how many cars are in your lineup in that car in that manufacturer's lineup, and in that um group uh how many are how many of them are hits and then when you compare them to their competitors how many of them would you have versus you know not have does that make sense yeah so that's what i'm looking for oh yeah and another thing that you guys can consider i mean by all means use subjective considerations yeah, because yeah, at yeah. the end of the day there's no real way to quantify oh, what no, is better unless you just want to look at who moves the most units which i will which, have that information next right week as yeah well. I, I actually looked it up too. perfect so. but you know it's it's things like that and also consider the markets that they're offered in and think about you know what types of vehicles you see and what type of vehicles are being sold now you know what i mean just whatever you think is best just send it in ask apexpod at gmail.com yeah uh, do that. Let us know what you want. We'll discuss heavy, um, heavily next week. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a really fun topic to kind of go over. Same. Yeah. But even more fun. Yeah. Is our first ever segment entitled The Watch List. The Watch List. What are you watching right now? What are we watching? So, I'll put my phone down for this. One. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, my dad and I, hi, dad, we actually uh, yesterday, I've already seen it, but I was like, Dad, I want you to look at something. So we pulled up Grand Prix Driver, and uh, he's been kind of uh, out of the loop of Formula One for a while. So he comes from the school, and since this is a McLaren conversation that we're talking about here, we'll mention some famous McLaren drivers. He comes from the uh, era of James Hunt, Nicky Lauda, um, Ayrton Senna, you know, a lot of those guys who, and even a lot that I didn't recall, because they won 182 races in their history, the winningest team only behind Ferrari. 
don't think anybody's going to beat Ferrari other than Ferrari if they decide to showboat again and threaten and hold uh, Formula One over everyone's head. Like, hey, we're going to leave. You guys have no benchmark anymore. I will say if Mercedes sticks to this Formula One. Uh, Mercedes is going to be. <laughs> they're going to. They, they have surprised everybody, I think. Yeah. Uh, because when Lewis went over there, they hadn't won anything. No. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's going to be a while. But I mean, they have yeah, a formula right now. But he's, but I mean, they, they've got the reliability. They just needed a driver, and yeah. they've got one now. And Botox is good too. Oh yeah, no, I mean, for they most got a definitely one-two one, punch there. Most definitely. And the other thing about that, I guess, before I, that, I will say is you have to be very careful with Formula One drivers because nobody's going to go to a team that's not winning, but a team is not going to take another driver that will compete with their winning driver. Very true. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like right now, I guess with regard to what I was saying before about my dad and I, we basically marathoned all four episodes yesterday in two hours. And uh, he was floored by how far the new technologies come. You know, the simulators, the, you know, basically it's not just how we were talking about right before we started recording, how Formula One is more of a sport for marketing than it is for racing now because you need to be able to have a budget you need to account for what is inevitably going to fail right and what how many losses you can take and how far you're willing to push to get things done um this has been the best car doc i've seen in a long time long time you know what i mean and we just we probably watched all four episodes and didn't even blink and i'd already seen i've watched it twice twice you know this is my third time and it was probably just as good if not better it, the second it was, time around, right? because you just you stuff like that that has high replay value you're able to savor it especially being a car enthusiast you develop a lot more respect particularly for mclaren one thing that i will say and i'm ashamed of saying this is that i did not know that they ousted ron dennis I had no idea mm-hmm. that they did that. Like when they said that in the beginning, the first time I watched this, I literally stopped the documentary and spent about 30 minutes on Google just reading just, everything about just it. Just some research. Um, and I read about just the longstanding tension between the stakeholders and how just two parties own half of McLaren. Yeah, it's You know crazy. what I mean? Like, And it's kind of like when you only own 25% and you're not catering to the stakeholder, you're intentionally you know, being abrasive and driving a rift between them. All you have to do is push one twenty five percent to the other half. Yeah. And you're done. You know what I mean? And that man built McLaren. He did. He had a long standing history. And I love the fact that they opened it cold with that information. Yeah. Uh, and just really quick guys, we're not spoiling anything. This information is old. Yeah, this out is there. public. Yeah. Uh and trust me when I say this, um there is so much more to love about this uh, series that we will discuss in detail without spoiling too much. Sure. Definitely go out and see it. It's um, Grand Prix Driver. It's on Amazon Prime, I believe. It's an mm-hmm. exclusive. And if you're listening to this, you should already have Amazon Prime because you already watched the Grand Tour. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I I'm, I love Grand Tour. I still try to catch up with Top Gear. Um, they just, took it off Netflix yesterday. What? It's gone. No. Because I was watching it, I watch it every day. <laughs> At work, it just plays in the background. Yeah, yeah. So I got a notice that it was going to be gone February first. Oh my god! Uh, in January, but they left it there, I guess, for whatever reason. Uh, the BBC contract or whatever was extended. I wonder where and, they're going to uh, go. And the thing is, on Prime, you have to pay for series or seasons. I think sixteen or seventeen to twenty-two. Yeah. So those are the series that were offered on Netflix. They didn't any- yeah. offer anything before eighteen. I think. And now they're all gone. So I don't know what happened. That's so but they're not on Netflix anymore. No, that's sad to hear. Um, man, I, I, uh, damn. I'm, I mean, I'm that's hurt. a, that's I'm a hurt. Sur- yeah. Because honestly, <laughs> I would watch all the earlier stuff on Prime and then just watch the later stuff on Netflix. Yeah, because that's net 
Prime had always charged for the later seasons. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the reasons why I got Amazon. Uh, well, that's one of the reasons why I started doing the Prime, uh, mm-hmm. like watching was because I'm, they, they had, got the whole archive history. They do. There. Yeah, it's um, gone. Yeah. But and and the reason why I bring all that up, uh, Grand Tour and, and Top Gear, is to say that there's so much more automotive series out there that you can watch, and <clears throat> this one was just well done. Extremely. Cinematically, it was beautiful. Mm, man, man. Um, it was smart. It let you in to so many different intricacies of the sport and really the business. That I, if you're not, if you're not, if you don't follow for, not just Formula One, but any motorsport, you wouldn't know or understand that a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff goes on. I think a lot of people kind of generalize it as to just some, you know, tosh. It's like, that's not a real sport. It doesn't really require anything. You drive in a circle, blah, blah, blah. But just the preparation that these gentlemen, you know, endure with regard to it. It is a very physical sport at very the end physical. of the day. Dealing with G-forces, you're out in the elements, you know what I mean? Very long periods of time. When we speak of the 24 hours of Le Mans, obviously, a lot of these guys, they're in a vehicle for th- four or five hours at a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? The rotation of drivers is probably oftentimes only two or three. Um, but so much more to it than that, you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, particularly on the marketing perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you guys do decide to watch this, you will. What I will say, and this isn't really a spoiler because the 2017 season is already done. Yeah. But I did see that this was originally supposed to be a docu a docuseries on Stoffel, um, mm. the rookie driver. But because things had fallen apart over the course of 2017 with McLaren, that literally changed the entire scope of the docuseries yeah. to mainly reflect on the progression of the season instead. Um, and I thought that was a very good transition because you do get some, you get Fernando in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You do. He was my favorite throughout the series just because yeah. how cool and laid back he was. Cause he's a veteran. <laughs> and he's a he's Spaniard. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, I'm a Spaniard that drives for an English company and I just, <laughs> you know, but he's, I've always thought him when he came on the scene with Renault, mm-hmm. I thought that he was going to be like the next Schumacher or yeah. because he, he is just, He's ridiculously calculated, and he doesn't have the flamboyance of Lewis. Lewis is still my favorite, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I also like that he kind of represents a minority in a sense. You don't really hear a oh, lot absolutely. of you know, people of, I guess, people of color yeah. in Formula One. Um, but with regard to that, it's just kind of like, all right, well, you really get to see Fernando in his element. You get to see him interact with stakeholders. You get to see how he deals with the team. And he's likable. Yeah, he's you know so, what I mean? he really is. I like that um, he was just so cool, calm, chill, but also very calculated, calculated with what he very. says. Oh, yeah. Um, you can tell he's like, I'm. His gears not, are always turning. You're not throwing you know? me off. No I'm, pun I'm intended. I'm ahead of you. Yeah. I'm five seconds ahead of you in and outside the car. Yeah. You know? And that's one thing I liked when he stepped in, when they were, when they were going through testing. He had said something about um, the other half of mclaren honda he said something about their their machinery that, and the way he said it i'm, I'm just gonna say it because it, it won't take away from it honestly yeah he they they do a lap it's all uh they do i think he does like one lap after. only one he's only done he's one. only done one it was awful and um they he, he says it drives like shit yeah he's like it's a shit motor it's a shit basically. motor and then they cut to some of the uh, Texan mechanics talking amongst themselves and then they were like, do you hear what Alonzo said about the motor? Mm-hmm. And the one guy's like, oh no, what? And they're like doing this over lunch, like really chill, yo. Yeah. And he's like, no, what did he say? He's like, he said, driving the Formula One car, the McLaren Honda car was like driving a Honda 
Civic. You remember what he said after that? No, what was that? He said, oh, well, if it was a Civic, at least he'd get around the track faster. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I can't believe Because when he said that, I literally, like, my mouth opened up and I was like, oh, the engineer's got jokes. He said, literally, he's like, if he was in the Civic, at least he would have made it around the track faster. He would have. Yeah. He would have done more laps, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but that was a big standout. Uh, if you haven't seen it, Grand Prix Driver, mm-hmm. this is going to be our new segment that we're going to do like maybe once a month. Probably once a month. Give us some time to get acclimated, watch some stuff. and The next thing talks. I want to cover is um, there's a Facebook watch show on NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace. Um, the African-American guy, He's right? really cool. You, you mentioned me in that on Facebook. I did, and I've, I watched two episodes already. Oh, you did? Okay. It's How's... um, They're good. They're, the episodes are short. They're like 11 minutes long, um, which is good if you're like um, you're on the go person like a lot yeah. of us are. There's a shorter attention span. Right. But you can easily binge it just as well as the- uh, I need to start. That one. Start. Um, so that's something I want to cover. So guys and girls, go out there, watch the Bubba Wallace mm-hmm. uh uh, NASCAR story. It's on Facebook. Watch. There's another great show that I want to cover, and that's might be the last thing I'll say before we we move on to our interview with Davy Jones. But um, I just told you about Le Mans 24 Hour Le Mans. Ra- winning is everything, or racing is everything. That's another great six episode series on uh, Amazon Prime as well, which I will also watch. <laughs> it's funny. So the, the, when I found that, uh, found out about that one, I was looking for something to watch on a Sunday night. And I said to myself, I want to watch a movie, but I don't want to sit here for two and a half hours. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh cool. This is a cool series. series are so good for that. <laughs> right. You know I mean? And I was like, I'll watch a couple episodes mm-hmm. and each episode's 30 minutes, six episodes, three hours, way more than two and a half hours. <laughs> you watched, watched it the whole night. Wow. I was there until one in the morning. Cause I started it pretty late and mm-hmm. I was like, yo, yeah. Great. So it's great. So watch those things again. Bubba Wallace, uh, Facebook Watch, uh, Le Mans 24 Hours, Winning or Racing is Everything, Amazon Prime. We'll cover Grand Tour once that wraps up. And um, there's a lot of other things that we'll get into as well. For sure. Yeah. So you want to want to set up our little interview with Davy Jones? Oh, yeah. So this uh, I conducted this interview. Uh, everybody and this was actually at our uh, at the e-pace event yeah the same place where we uh met susan uh perkheiser uh hi susan <laughs> or sean uh, sean interviewed her yes and uh we spoke with davy and he was able to give us some really good insight on his history as a lemon driver uh as well as just his uh input with jaguar he's you know been a racer with them uh and it's just great banter all around very very a uh, stand-up guy and we really hope you guys enjoy it so yeah, so uh, listen to that interview that's coming up next. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, don't forget, our topic next week is which car manufacturers have the best lineup mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can catch me um, on makeshiftfilms.net. That's where I have all of my social medias. And you guys have to check out that uh, check out the reel on there. <laughs> oh, thanks. Because so, <laughs> now, because I feel like they know that you have shot stuff, but now there's something tangible. You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. So it's like if they go there, it's right on the homepage. It's like you can you see can see stuff. a little bit of everything that I've done. Right. In my yeah. very short career as a filmmaker, but uh, it's been short, but very, uh, very, uh, very exciting. Yes, yeah, move very quickly. Yes. as well. And you, you have some. Uh, some socials to uh, plug also. Oh, <laughs> <You're looking laughs> I almost forgot what? about machinegain-labs.com. Upper yes. right-hand corner, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, whatever's relevant. 
I might not use a lot of them anymore. It's, it's like, I messaged you on there. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> Crap. You know? <laughs> oh, I got somebody that runs that page. Just log into the page real quick. <laughs> but yeah, machinegain-labs.com. Uh, all of the social medias are there, and I can be reached there for anything related to just about anything. I'm going to basically turn that site into like a centralized hub yeah, for yeah. just whatever I want to do in life. You might as well, man. That's what I've done to mine. Uh, podcast films, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some more stuff coming out soon. The highlight video from DC auto show. We're a little behind oh, yeah. on things, a lot going on. So stay tuned for that. Follow us through the underscore apex, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, get in touch with us, uh, at through the, uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's absolutely wrong. Get in touch with us ask apex pod oh, I, thought you were plugging, I thought you were plugging the twitter again I, I, that's how i was it was an accident oh. um <laughs> but yeah <laughs> that means it's time to wrap it's time to wrap <laughs> we've been talking social media for like three minutes it's right like, that only t- it only took like 30 <laughs> seconds guys well we'll see you guys next week stay, stay tuned for it we'll see you guys next week stay tuned for the davy june <laughs> we'll see you guys next week stay tuned for the davy jones interview right now exclusive through the apex interview here we are with the legend 24-hour lemon winner davy jones how are you doing today davy i'm doing awesome we've had so much fun uh the last few days here at the washington auto show and We've had fun, but I know that all our guests that have experienced our vehicles it has just had a wow factor. Exactly. And what exactly are you doing here uh, at this at this venue? Uh, currently, where are we standing and what, what seems to be going on with all the uh, dynamics in the background? So this is uh, Experience E-Pace. Uh, E-Pace is uh, a new SUV for us. Uh, it, it falls off the footsteps of, uh, of our very successful F-Pace, which won Car of the Year, all kinds of awards globally. Now we're introducing the new E-Pace uh, that is just going into dealerships this week, in fact. So we kind of we made our debut here at the Washington Auto Show. Uh, wonderful, a sport utility, uh, you know, very dynamic, uh, very sport car-like. Uh, the inside, when you when you sit in a seating position, it's uh, inspired very much off the F-Type. Um, a lot of DNA with, with the LED lighting and the body lines, uh, the wider hips. Uh, just gives it really that aggressive little sports car SUV look. Of course. And it definitely seems to pack a punch. What is it, about 296 horsepower from a four-cylinder? It is, it is, yeah. yeah. So four-cylinder uh, inline turbo, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, when you have 296 horsepower and you have the, the torque that, that's right there with it, you know, it, it just makes the drivability of the engine so nice. Oh, exactly. As you can see, I've done my homework on this one. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so can you tell us about being a Le Mans winner and that experience, and we're huge car enthusiasts here, and we really have a lot of respect for that race, arguably the most grueling race ever. <laughs> it's certainly the oldest race in the world. Sure. And, and uh, you know, to win Le Mans is, is, is a great honor. You know, it's uh, always one that you like to kind of add to your resume. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Jaguar, we always bring on, uh, you know, some form of, of talent, uh, you know, whether you're in the, the racing industry and in the stunt business, uh, you know, uh, like we're providing here an experience for, for our guests. Uh, but, you know, with being having the racing experience, 
you just you're able to give like little pointers like keep your eyes up or just be nice and smooth you know apply the brakes nice and firm but gentle and you know it's just uh, keeping that balance that's nice with that car um, so you know I know that uh, we're driving here because we have the bridge, we have the tunnel, we have a little left tilt, right tilt, and, and uh, providing that, that big wow factor, but yeah. uh, they absolutely enjoy it. They love it. It definitely seems like it's the best course to show off the real dynamics and the engineering that's gone into the vehicle because I know that it's really set up to be, especially in an industry as competitive as the mid, uh, smaller size crossovers, it's definitely far sportier than the other offerings from Audi, things of the sort. So it's really good to see them here. Well, first off, when they sit in the vehicle, they, they realize how, how roomy it is. Yeah. Uh, whether you're in the back seat or in the front seat, uh, the materials that Jaguar uses, the fit and the finish, uh, you know, and as we drive around, the dynamic uh, feel left to right, and, you know, it, it really doesn't take high speed to, to, to achieve that. And, and so our, our little experience that we have here, they come away saying, you know, this is really, it's a beautiful product. This, sure. this is well made. This is, you know, and, and, uh, and it starts from there. So. Exactly. So is this the uh, official admitting of this is going to be the next grocery hauler for you? You know, I, I, I'm seriously considering. I, I had I had uh, an F-Pace when they first came out and, and uh, absolutely loved it, everything about it, the dynamic drive. Um, but uh, I'm going to have to really consider the, the E-Pace now. For sure. So for sure. It's, uh, it's, it definitely uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sports car-like feel. Uh, and you got all the room in it uh, for a family or, or a, a grocery getter, if you'd of like course, to say. Yeah. Of course. Well, thank you very much for your time today. This has been fantastic. Um, I'm sure our viewers will appreciate our listeners. Uh, and again, this is Through the Apex. We are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn. Uh, and all the plugs are there and signing off. Thank you so much, Davey, for your time, and we really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks for tuning in to Through the Apex. New episodes available every Tuesday. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Through the underscore Apex. 